Well, here we find ourselves again, Leanna, doing the Ed and Red podcast radio show uh, thing. How are you? The thing. Hello. Hello. I never know what, you know, these days you got podcasts and blogs and vlogs and Substack and, you know, here I am. Just pretend I'm sitting on a park bench right now feeding pigeons, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was a lot easier before there were all these places to find content and to have to put your own social media uh, moniker on. There. Oh, it's it's gotten it's gotten ridiculous. I've just given up. I I won't do more than three at a time. Yeah, it's like well, that I mean that's like you and food, right? No more than three three flavors at a time on a well, on food, unless it's something like mole, which is a a for those who don't know, it's a delicious uh, chocolate spicy chocolate. Sauce. Well, that yeah, that's uh, mole. I forget, um, forget the exact term because it's mole verde, which is a green sauce. Okay, as well. yeah. Mole the, just means sauce. The uh, the correct term is delicious, um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's like you put it on like chicken, and it's oh so good. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. I I've just at the point where there's no way to keep up with all of them. I pick three at a time. I kind of hate it. Well, it's like, you know, someone, I, I get a message, I read a message from somebody and I go to answer the next day and I'm like, where was that message? Is it on Facebook Messenger? Yeah. Is it in this email? Is it in this email? Is it on Instagram? Was it on Twitter X? Like, it, ah, why? Yeah. Uh, has, has anybody yet invented a thing where all of your messages go to one message center that you can check? I don't know. No, unfortunately not. There's just too many of them for like, everything's going paid. They now want everybody to pay. There's so much, there's so much subscription fatigue. We have to pay for all our streaming. We have to pay for our television. We have to pay for, you know, everything just wants five to $8 a month from us now and people don't have that kind of money well it's i mean it's a well, prioritizing the, the thing right isn't it, even that anymore is it, it it's up to like i don't know 18 something like that well for services i mean disney plus started cheap and then another girl and netflix started cheap then another fee and another fee and every time they tell me they're going up by a buck or two i'm thinking all right it's still actually of some value at that, and what's a buck or two? And that's the thing, right? That's yeah. that, that that the Chinese water torture thing. It just keeps increasing, increasing, increasing. And the interesting thing, okay, here's the thing about value, okay? Um, people will complain about $5 a month or $10 a month for a service that provides uh, a great deal of content, an opportunity for content. But they'll go to Starbucks and blow money on a suspiciously Italian sounding named coffee um, that costs seven bucks and they'll do it once, twice, three times a day, every day, that they don't see as a problem. It's because it's not about what things cost. It's about what you, how much you value them, right? Right, right. Well, I mean, these days just say a, uh, a company supports genocide and you'll get those people to stop shopping there. Not me, because I don't believe them. Um, yeah, but it, it's gotten it's gotten dumb. I know we talked about this last week, but it, it's just on the one hand, I, I keep telling people just let them keep going because they're not they're not persuading anybody. 
But on the other hand, it's, you know, it's funny how we lectured about critical thinking, critical thinking, but we've become uncritical about what's labeled critical thinking now. Nobody has any idea what critical thinking is. Well, critical thinking became emotional reasoning because critical thinking's not fun and it's extremely unpopular. Well, uh, Bertrand Russell, a uh, deceased former uh, author and philosopher. Yeah, I've said, read some of his books. Yeah, he said, people would rather die than think, and they do. And I, I think it's, from what I've found, it's that people don't can't tell the difference between think and feel. And so they think they're thinking because they're feeling something very strongly, but they're not actually thinking, they're just feeling. You know, I liked, and I've said this before, back on the park bench feeding the pigeons, mm -hmm. um, I liked before social media, before, uh, you know, before we could see other people's opinions in front of us in certain multitudes. I, because I before, let me finish, before yeah. social media, I suspected the world was full of idiots. Thanks to social media, it has been confirmed. I don't know. I mean... Keep in mind that half the population is below average intelligence. That's why it's average. But okay, you know what? Below into average intelligence doesn't mean mean or hateful. It just well, exactly. means your capacity is a little lower. Exactly. But we made being smart the best thing a person could possibly be, right? Well, and then there's we're experiencing the massive backlash against people who were tired of being determined not to be smart because they weren't smart. And so now it, there's a certain segment of the population that hates anything that sounds smart, smacks of fancy book learning. Well, have you been following, we were planning on talking about this today. Have you been following the guy that just got, I think he just pled guilty to arson during the wildfire season. He was a guy that was insisting the government was deliberately setting fires. And no. then it's interesting because this has made places like CNN and the, the Guardian, but not widespread. The only thing I found about it was a story on CTV Montreal. Um, and it's interesting how they're not covering it here. And I suspect because the minute the story broke the news um, via, I think, CNN, the the misinformation started going crazy on social media. And what was and, the nature of the misinformation? Well, that see, it wasn't caused by climate change. It was arson. And of course, the number of fires from the arson versus the number of fires from other sources. I mean, it, it, it just, they showed a graph of all the fires in Canada th this spring and summer and then the ones he set. But well, the okay, fact here's the other thing. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Here's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, somebody, somebody might have set a couple of fires. The fact that they burned out of control is because of climate change, because there was a there was drought conditions and the forests were like dry timber. And that's why they went up. You think people didn't set fires all through history? The reason they went out of control is because of the effects of climate change and the dry timber that became such great kindling. For the fires. This is not because someone set a fire does not mean it's not uh, uh, climate change. It's the extent of how fast the fire uh, grew and sustained. That is climate change. But people, well, when they, they want to believe stupid stuff. 
Well, like they want to believe dumb, simple stuff. The the fires he pled guilty to say he's at 14 fires, which is no joke. And it burned over 900 hectares, hectares, which is not small. But there were 700 wildfires in Quebec last year and burned 4.5 million hectares across the province. That's just in Quebec. This brings me back, as many things do, to talking about Sasquatch. What? Um, can, I, can I finish my point before I move to Sasquatch, though? Oh, I thought it was done. Yeah. It's just, and I, I've, I've had that, I've had this, you know, when I worked as a reporter, that a outlet will refuse to run a story because of, you know, the optics or, or what could happen if they run it. And this is true across all media. And the fact that newsrooms are now seeing as, well, we're responsible for what people do with the information as opposed to we're responsible for reporting the information. The fact that they're thinking about how to shape it the minute, you know, before they even run the story is just shocking to me. I mean, the North, uh, uh, was it a Caluit? Got a whole bunch of land back? Yeah, none of it. Got a yeah. whole bunch, biggest land transfer in Canadian history. Yeah, and a bunch of people are like, what? Because if you weren't reading the CBC, you saw barely anything about it. Well, let's be let's be completely frank. Most people don't give a rat's ass about a Caluit. Okay, but my issue with the way people are engaging with things right now is that, you know, international news gets a lot of attention in our in our media. Well, because it's those are the most dramatic stories, the things that involve multiple countries and weapons and death. Those are the most dramatic stories. So those dramatic stories draw more attention than when I get a, a, a news headline about a new restaurant opening in Newmarket. Yeah, but that new restaurant opening in Newmarket, if you're in Newmarket, affects your life more. I I agree with you 100%, but it's but not na- dramatic. Now, but no, it's also, they want you, to, they want that restaurant to pay for advertising to get that in there. That's the thing about local papers now. They're so cash hungry that it's like, no, pay us. Okay, but, I would say I, they were actually cash starved rather than cash hungry. Okay, fair. But like, think about it. The the government, the current federal government, whether you like their style or not, they've done some pretty good things. They don't deserve to be polling as poorly as they are. And the focus on the media of where Trudeau goes on vacation is just, I've never seen this with, with other prime ministers and don't tell me other prime ministers didn't go on vacation you know of course they, you know, i saw a really good uh meme that pointed out that okay justin trudeau cleared this vacation with the yeah. ethics office yeah okay they said it was fine he went to stay at the the home or the the, the resort ever, owned by a longtime family friend this is no different basically than you or I going to stay uh, at a friend's cottage for a week. Well, with him, and, and okay? let's face it, he's more visible internationally 
and people have been you know people have been protesting places he goes to try to eat he has kids this is a family vacation it's a tense situation because he and sophie have separated so going somewhere where he can be assured of privacy for his kids sake that is understandable I hadn't heard it put that way, but that makes 100% of sense. You know, um, people people don't have the decency to stay away from minor kids. No, they don't. And what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so the meme. So he goes to uh, he goes to Jamaica, stays yeah. at the place of a, a family friend, cleared by ethics in advance. Um, meanwhile, Doug Ford in Ontario is selling off uh, provincial assets that belong right. to the citizens of Ontario and he's selling them off to his friends. And what gets more attention than critical uh, infrastructure or well, not infrastructure, critical services and, and things being sold off to private interests that support the premier. Uh, the Jamaica thing gets more. Yeah. And what affects your life more where Justin Trudeau went for a vacation affects absolutely nothing in my life, well, it but, doesn't affect governance. But the argument is it could, it could influence his decision-making. And we've seen with Ford, it has. Well, Ford's developer buddies gave money to his daughter at her engagement party or her baby shower. I don't know what the hell it was. But they, but... they practically wrote the policy for that Greenbelt stuff. Yeah, and, and that is okay. Because you know why? Because it's conservatives that are complaining about where Trudeau goes for vacation. And they hate every single thing he does, every it, breath he takes. It isn't just, though. They've clearly swayed, like, you know, independent voters. Because Trudeau's poll numbers are so low. I really don't understand why his numbers are as low as they are. I because the government has done a horrible job of talking about anything positive they have done. They spend their time instead defending and deflecting from the charges by Polyev and his, his hobgoblins, and that takes up all the oxygen. Instead of just ignore those idiots and talk about the $10 daycare, talk about the, you know, the benefits to Canadians of their government, doesn't do that. Instead, he lets, when you're on the defensive in the public, that you're on the defensive. You but are losing. He's, How can they not be ignoring be? them and going and talking about every time they ask a question in, part, in 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 the house? He should just they should just move it around to something they did positively. Their messaging is terrible. Also, we're human beings, and human beings in democracies eventually get sick of the same face. And if they're not particularly happy with the circumstances they're living in, they think that changing the face. At the, at the government is going to make everything better. Whereas it's the truth. Okay, you got, we have problems with housing affordability. Yes, we do. Um, right. That is primarily a provincial uh, issue, not federal. And well, is, and, and municipal. Let's, and municipal, but yeah. there's not a damn thing, really, the federal government is empowered to do about well, housing prices. They're actually doing a fair bit now. They're working directly with the municipalities uh, there was just a thing about Surrey the other day. I know they've done a deal with Vaughn, and of course the the province is furious. But they they are doing what they can. It's not that they can't do anything; they're just very limited in in what they can do. I mean, the big problem is that the province and.
the local, the municipal governments got out of housing. They they did this whole certain number of units in in buildings have to be affordable housing. And, you know, rent rental units were seen as not worth it because they have to maintain the buildings instead of just selling it, moving on to the next development. This has been a long time in coming. But of course, what have people focused on? Immigration policy. Well, here's the thing about why Pierre Paulin is not going to fix housing affordability. Because what does the federal government do? If they come in and all of a sudden take tremendous new powers and say all housing, uh, all new houses can only be sold uh, for this amount of money. Okay, fine. The builders are only going to, they're going to build a shack, okay? Because that, it's not affordable for them to make it to build it and make uh, any profit. And they're not in the business of going out of business. Yeah. Uh, and if you just blanketly say, we want the, the value of housing stock to drop so people can afford to buy houses. Well, those people who already own houses and have been investing in their houses and have been you know, maintaining their houses, all of a sudden their investment becomes uh, either uh, non-existent or small, a lot smaller non-existent or they're underwater so right. there is no way to satisfy both uh the the the, uh, but, the people who know, currently own homes and the people who want to buy homes the the people who don't own homes which are the majority don't care about that they're like good because we're in this age where people just want to punish anybody that has things slightly better than them well, but that's, I, I mean that's i why... still don't I still don't get by any metric the more data come that comes out about COVID. Canada did fairly well. Perfect? No. But Canada did pretty well compared to other countries around the world. And I can't believe how little that's counting for. You know, they're they're getting tough with businesses who took loans during COVID with no intention on paying it back they're getting tough with that that's resulting in negative headlines it's just the people are letting perfect be the enemy of the good here what is new about that what is new that is absolutely typical there's a vitriol for for trudeau that isn't completely explained by anything it's i can explain it. it okay it is caused by years of opposition headlines that make a big deal out of nothing. Uh, that whole we scandal wasn't a scandal, a giant nothing burger. The whole uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould thing, a lot of BS. She was a well, lousy minister it, and, and a, uh, a glory hound, an attention that, seeker. And- that, was a, that was a lot of conversations that were made out to be more than they actually were. I mean, just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's put into action. Exactly. And every one of these so-called ethics breaches are peanuts. They're 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 mouse turds. They're nothing. You come to me when there is an ethics breach. They're not nothing, but they they aren't, you know, Pierre Polyevra posing in front of a Nazi flag. They're okay. They're in that case, I don't think he knew what was behind him. But okay, but still, how how could he not have seen that those flags were there, and he thought this is a great place for a photo op? I want these people on my side. 
point, point taken. But it's a drip, 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 drip over the years of headlines that say ethics violation, ethics violation, and all these other accusations that are made in headlines. People don't read the freaking articles. They don't follow the story. It's just in the back of their head. They just, it ticks over, tick, 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 another headline, another headline, another headline. Yeah, but that, but and so not, all they start- ethical reporting. That's not no. informing people of, of the way the way things really are. That's attempting to get clicks and then create a slant. Yes. That, and... that's, the, that's the media trying to shape what the government does, not just reporting on what the government does. So there is years of that, that just gets into the subconscious. And all that's really there, this nagging feeling caused by your subconscious, because you see so many things about scandals. You're like, you know what? Uh, there's something going on here. As you know, I always say, where there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes where there's smoke, there's an arsonist, as we talked really? about earlier. See, and I think I think it's that I think people just want somebody to blame for their grocery bills being sky high. Well, there's that too, but in the back of their head, they are influenced by they, you know, they get, I just got this feeling that I, I want to change because it is the long game. The opposite conservatives are amazing at playing the long game. Centrists, uh, uh, people on the left, terrible at playing the long game. Conservatives, well, because... amazing at playing the long game. So they knew that all you got to do is put into the media these accusations, these headlines, it will eventually permeate until people are like, you know what? I'm tired of reading about scandals and this and that. And so they're like, you know what? And as I said, people, there's a general feeling that things aren't going in the direction they want. And they want to blame somebody. They don't want to hear that this is caused, that this is still a hangover from COVID, from supply chain issues. Well, it's the they don't want to hear it. It's the war in Ukraine. Now it's, you know, the, the Houthis, bombing things that's going to affect supply chains it, they don't care they don't it, care the, the federal government you know canada's not big enough to be able to do anything about this and if you actually read and talk to people who are from other places every country in the world is dealing with this right now and they don't care they don't live they in just, every other country in the world not, they live here they care, but what concerns me is they just want to punish someone that that need to make someone pay has me really worried. It's not new. It seems worse than it used to be. People used to be a bit more live and let live. This this need to punish, this need to destroy, to deface buildings, to scream at people, to call people baby killers just because they have a different opinion of something than you. It, that, that has gotten worse. Okay, that's gotten worse, agreed. And also the fact that we have social media to scream at each other with, which before we didn't have. But see, I, I don't think so. Because social media doesn't create the desire to do that. I don't have the desire to do that. And this is what, why I have trouble understanding this stuff i have never had the desire to want someone to be worse than they are all right fair but i still think that 
you know, social media has allowed, basically, people used to exist with crazy fringe ideas, but they were isolated in their own communities and so on. So there was, they didn't get validation. They didn't get encouragement. They didn't get, you know, any, okay, any sense that, of, of, of belonging. And now with social media, they can join together and that makes a critical mass of idiots. That is not true though, Ed, because these college organizations predate social media. The Ku Klux Klan predates social media. All those organizations did what you are describing. But it's become, it used to be, if you were in rural, uh, but you know what, Alabama, the KKK was probably the mayor and the, the police. Yeah. But, but it was just in your, you didn't, they didn't necessarily have immediate uh, ability to connect with people okay. in uh, elsewhere in the country and form See, they back each other up. They validate each other in their stupid ideas. Okay, and but how? why is that? Because you can also connect with people who don't agree with the Klan member sheriff. Like, social media does both. I don't know. The people who don't agree with the Klan media or with the Klan sheriff, it seems that they're, they're more fractious. They're less able to get along and form a single coherent message. And they're also, when you're not fueled by hate hate is a hate is a rocket fuel hate will yeah. keep you going when other people are like you know what i'm checking out of this whole thing because i don't want to be a well, part of that's... this level of emotion negative emotion when you thrive on negative emotion you are motivated to keep going and going and going when other people are like you know what i'm out yeah but that that's human that has not changed that is not new social no, media didn't create that no it's just we've got avenues now to magnify it i mean you watch some of those teen movies from from the 80s or even you know even an episode of the golden girls people were very savage back then in the way we talked to each other but the underlying hate the idea that someone who thinks differently from you is you know evil somehow that's that's new well that level uh, yeah that yeah the idea that, that, that somebody... i shouldn't say that that's new because i mean let's face it there's a reason anti-semitism is so sticky right oh jews are weird they're they're you know every other religion thinks jews are going to hell and you know they're they got much more people than than the jewish faith does so and and then you know it's it that that has always been a thing but this idea that someone doesn't agree with how to best stop the war in gaza they enjoy murder and dead babies and genocide that is that is new. That is adults having the emotional capacity of a 13 year old. All right. Um, we can continue this, but we do have to go to a break. Yeah. All right. Back after this. All right. And during the break, you know what occurred to me? What? I never did get to make my, my Sasquatch comparison. Right. Well, that'll learn you for interrupting me three times. What do you mean? We, we interrupt each other. That's the purpose of this dialogue. No, that's not the purpose. It's just the, it's the dynamic. The dynamic. Yes. Do you want to talk about Sasquatch, Ed? Well, now I need a second to remember what the hell I was talking about. Um, it was, uh, 
See, my point We're talking was, about the wildfires. And that's right, the wildfires. Thank you very much. Um, and by the way, the wildfires uh, would have affected Sasquatches living do, do, out in parks. But do here's you the notice thing. how I remembered the context of the, the Sasquatch thing and, and you didn't? Well, yeah, I, I, I go downstairs and I forget why I went downstairs. I do, too. Um, I need not, to write everything down. But just note, note the courtesy, note the consideration. I did pay attention. Very good. Thank you. But if my memory is the way that it is, as you see, I'll probably forget that. OK, so here's the thing. The somebody lit like 14 wildfires or 14 fires. Yeah. And people like, see, that's the reason that there was all those okay. fires. He OK, not just that. He lit 14 fires and then went online and accused the government of lighting the fires to try to manufacture climate change. So people seize on that. They say, ha, huh, there it is. There's the reason for the for the wildfires, not climate change. It's this guy, even though, as you pointed out earlier, he the fires that he set uh, affected a far smaller percentage of the fires than the fires that actually existed, even just in Quebec. But people like people who want to believe this will believe, see, it was just this guy. It's not climate change. They don't want to think about the fact that the forests were dry timber because of climate change and drought conditions. Because they want for, whatever, so for it, whatever reason, they don't want to believe that climate change is happening. That's well, because they can't do anything about it. So they'd rather believe it's not there. So that's, here's the but thing. That's not true. But anyway, here's the thing. This reminds me of a guy who Ray Stevenson, I think his name was, who came out and said that he was the person that made all the Sasquatch footprints. Okay. And he showed a pair of carved wooden feet that he put on his over his shoes and okay. walked around making. So people are like, see, it's been proven. No, well, it's cool. not. The Sasquatch prints happen in so many places that he did not go. The other thing is Sasquatch prints have ridges and so on, like like the bottoms of feet and toes. They have uh, mid tarsal breaks. They have, you know, can, they have. Did you say uh, mid tarsal breaks? Yes, they have uh, characteristics of an actual living thing's foot. Oh, they bend. They've got uh, Sasquatch prints from going up a uh, an incline where the foot flexed and so on. A wooden foot doesn't flex. A wooden foot doesn't have the uh, the, the details of skin and so on. In fact, there have been there in the different uh, footprints, there are different, it's like fingerprints, they're toe prints and stuff, they're different, they're not the same. So the idea that this one guy is the guy responsible for all Sasquatch prints is insane. But I will read online, well, it was this guy Ray said that he was the guy that did it. So the issue solved, it's like, no, it's not solved, you want it solved, but what you are, if you use the slightest bit of critical thinking, you would do what I did, which is say, he, it's not possible for him to have been all those places. And the, uh, the f- wooden fit footprints would fool nobody. Thank yeah. You. Well, it's like how I don't like slippers because I lose my grippy feet. Well, I mean, if you put slippers on uh, monkeys, they would fall out of the trees because they need their grippy feet, as you put it. Yeah, because I, I need to feel where my feet are going. Well, there's a reason they're called slippers. You slip. I understand that, you know, warmer feet is nice this time of year, but I have, I need my grippy feet. I need to be able to grip the ground. Okay, but you have a uh, 
uh, weird ability to like grab items from it's the not, ground. It's not weird. Anyone can do it if you if if you're motivated. I don't know. I don't think everybody has the dexterity that you're feet do. My issue is that I get dizzy if I bend over and stand back up again in a lot of things. So I just pick things up with my feet. Well, necessity is the mother of invention, but I do not believe that everybody has the level of dexterity that your feet do. No, that's true, but you can work on it because everybody has metatarsal breaks. That's why. That's just your feet flexing at the metatarsal. Okay, but some people's, uh, the shape of their feet wouldn't allow them to grab things. I have Same weird way. little cartoon toes. I envy people with those super long toes. Like, that would be better for grippy feet. Well, it appears your grippy feet work just fine. Well, that's because I put effort in. I wasn't naturally talented. I don't know. You were. You have a genetic predisposition to to grippy feet. To grippy feet. See, people understand when I say grippy feet. Metatarsal breaks, that's the code switching I have to do. I would love to talk with terms like metatarsal breaks. It's actually mid-tarsal break. But anyway. Mid-tarsal breaks. Okay. But if you, by the way, anybody who wants to learn uh, actual scientific evidence of Sasquatch, read a book by Jeffrey Meldrum, Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. Uh, it is so full of details and science, you can't refute it. Anyway, it's called Sasquatch, something or other, something or other. I, but it's I by Dr. See, Jeffrey Meldrum. I can see because those, you know, like the BC forests and things like that are so big. I can believe there could be an undiscovered species out there. I I am far from could be. I believe they're there. And that's and that's it. See, that's the difference. I'm willing to be open to the possibility, but I'm not going to skew in favor of affirmative belief because well, I, I like to, this to stay day, more neutral. To this day, Liana, nobody has been able to create a, as they call it, monkey suit that duplicates what was done in the Patterson-Gimlin film in 1967. They, that creature, I disagree. They, no, they have, that creature, um, there was muscle muscular movement underneath the, uh, the fur, there was a yeah. certain gait to it. And in 1967, a broke rodeo rider who was out of work did not have the money to invest in a very high-tech uh, okay. monkey suit that, that even Hollywood couldn't make at the that, time. That I absolutely believe that he didn't have access. But you give me $10,000 and access to furry fursuit makers, I can get you a realistic Bigfoot costume. One that has the musculature moving underneath. Oh, yeah. They they build, they do like padding and hydraulics and everything like that. Furries do not mess around. I I would have to see this because every scientific thing I've seen says, well, this has got to be something because there's no way that, you know, especially then there was no way even Hollywood could come up with something well, that yeah, realistic. Back, back then, the, you know, the technology may not have existed i mean now if if they were going to do it now it would just be deep fakes you know well i mean you look at even if you look at the tarzan movies made in like the 80s with christopher lambert um they had to use they wanted to be realistic as possible they still had to use monkey suits that they tried to make realistic and they weren't as realistic as the patterson gimlin 1967 bluff creek film so even in the 80s they didn't have the technology so 
as far as I'm concerned, that at least that creature was real. And if you follow the film a little further than what's normally seen, it appears that she, because it's a she, because she's got uh, breasts, uh, mm -hmm. is picking up a juvenile and walking into the forest. I mean, How like I that? said, like like I said, I'm, I can believe that there are just species out there that, you know, are very shy of humans for good reason. And we don't know about yet. They're discovering new species of wildlife all the time. Every day I get something about a new bird, a yeah. new lizard, yeah. a new primate, very rarely, but sometimes a new primate. Yeah. Um, there's so much out there we don't know. And there's animals are really good when their survival relies upon not being seen by human beings. They're right. good at not being seen by human beings and moving their remains. I mean, there's very rare, it's very rare to cat to find the skeleton of a bear in the forest because the forests are deciduous and they break down the, right. uh, the body and animals come and tearing off the bones. Very rare to find bear skeletons, but no one denies there's bears. Well, because we've seen bears. Yes, on yes. Gentle Ben, that TV show with Clint Howard from the 60s. No, we, we see bears, you know, in, in my case, in my neighbor's yard a few months ago, going after their bird feeder. Um, this was great, but we have to go to a break. Okay. Back after this. Okay. All right. Um, while may, we're back. You may, hear, you may hear purring on my mic, Ed, because while we were talking about Bigfoot, Oh, sorry, Sasquatch. Um, one of my cats decided he really, really, really wanted attention, so he has joined me. All right. Well, hello there, cat. Um, hello, Scouty. Yeah. Uh, hello, Scout. Uh, you wanted to talk. We don't have a ton of time. We got two more segments to do. We got twelve minutes. But what you wanted to talk about? How stupid lying is. Oh, why do why do people do this habitually? Lying is too much work. You have to keep track of what. You said, you I have to. to keep track telling the truth. Like there are some people I will not have non-text conversations with because I have to track everything I say because they deny I said it. And I need proof that I said it. And even, even when I do that, they say, well, that's not what I understood at the time. I do not understand how people like lying is temporarily useful at best it just buys you time okay but you're gonna get caught here's the thing is that there have very rapidly developed two schools of thought and populations on this business of lying okay there's people like you and i where the truth or falsehood is important it, that distinction is important in how we view the world yeah. and how we live our lives yeah, then, like making making a mistake is not lying. Misunderstanding not. something is not lying. No, but there's another group of people who um, all they don't care about whether what they say is true or false. What they care about is how many people can I get to believe it? Because they have their idea. Yes. The, the absoluteness of truth or falsehood. That's not their life. That's not that's not the dynamic of their life. It's just how many people can I get to believe what I want them to believe? They don't care if it's true. And there's people also who are willing, like politicians, uh, especially in the US, there are like videos of them on TV shows making particular statements and proclamations that they then completely reverse themselves on when the circumstances yeah. are different and n nothing. 
Nothing. Nobody cares. They're like, oh, yeah, whatever. They just shrug it off. These politicians, they don't even bother explaining it. They just don't even answer. And so they don't care about what that what they said before, if it was a lie, because they'll just lie later or ignore ignore it if they get caught. They but just they don't care. But everybody sees them lying. I mean, this is what I don't understand about the support for somebody like, you know, I, I think because people have been conditioned to think everybody who is a public official lies and lies a lot. They think somebody like Trump or, you know, I won't start naming names of Canadian politicians, but, you know, there there are some that are habitual. They are habitually mistaken, you know? Oh, no, but, no. There there comes a point where their statements, they, they it's been shown to them, their statements are false, and they continue to make them. That's not mistaken. That's lying. Uh, I, I, I don't know sometimes whether they're outright lying or whether they're just such narcissists that if they say something, it must be true. I've known people like that. I said it, so yeah. it must be true. And if you start to question it at all, even logically or gently, they freak out. Yeah, the really, the really scary ones are the ones that start telling a story and people point out to them how it's not true and they just repeat it to themselves over and over and over again until they're convinced it's true. And then they won't rest until they've convinced everybody else it's true. And it's absolutely not true. Well, and that's the thing. Sometimes you find somebody who you're looking at them and every indication in their eyes, in their bearing, in their vocal intonations, in their facial expressions, you get the sense they really are believing oh, yeah. what yeah. they're telling them. And, yeah. and you as a person who isn't a liar right. are like, okay, it's not possible for someone to lie with that level of intensity yeah, and because I could yeah. not do that. Because most some... people assume everybody is as trustworthy as they are. Even the tr untrustworthy oh, people I don't. assume everybody. Okay, you're, you're, you're a little smarter than the average bear. I, I don't. I don't. But I, most you know... people assume that other people, that, that their level of honesty is the same as everybody else's. That's why people who are constantly suspicious of other people uh, are, are that way, not always, because some people have experience and reasons to do that, especially with certain people or circumstances. But generally, when you see people ascribing negative uh, impulses, you know, the politicians and so on, mm -hmm. and the idea that, well, everybody does that kind of corruption, that's because they themselves would do it, and they don't think well, anybody else is more virtuous yeah. than they are. Yeah, I mean, there there just isn't enough money in Canadian politics for most people to be, you know, completely on the take. Do do people have their constituencies, like the people that got them elected and things like that? Sure, but we can know that and, it, it, you know, judge their opinions based on where they come from and how they were shaped. That's not the same as just outright lying and spinning a comment isn't the same as outright lying. Well, but no, because people... spinning is based on an actual fact, an actual truth that is accepted as, okay, this actually happened. Yeah, shading Here's the facts, reasons why. Right. Shading facts is not the same as just outright lying, but some people just, outright lie and some people they're so some people walk around so afraid that 
they'll insist you said something you actually didn't say because they're so they're so afraid of hearing it. They heard it when you didn't actually say it. There are so many people like that around. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? Why are people so constantly scared? Like this is this is breakdown of society territory stuff. Like what is going on in certain subcultures that everybody is so afraid all the time? Well, they're afraid of being canceled, which I think is an overly broad uh, use I've, of I've the I've been term. canceled six times. You, the sun comes up tomorrow. Not everybody is as uh, battle hardened and, and resilient as you are. Okay, very I few wish people, I, in fact, are. I wish I didn't have to be. And some very, very unfair things have happened to me over my life. But the reality is, the alternative is just don't try. And that's just not acceptable to me. Like, yeah, people are going to. The, the truth is, when it comes to things, people will lie about you and then you find out who's inclined to believe them. And the yes. sooner you find out there's somebody you can't trust, the better, because you get far, far away from that person. Agreed. And... and you never let them back in because, you know, unless they on their own find the words to explain why what they did was wrong by why throwing you under the bus was wrong you can never trust them again you can't give it to them and then end them say yes i agree because they're just agreeing to get out of trouble and we have to get out of this segment okay so we're gonna go to a break when we come back only a few minutes left we're gonna talk about the black hole it's not what you think it's a movie we'll be back after this Liliana, I know that one of your favorite movies, I think I, if it still is from your childhood, was the Disney sci-fi movie, The Black Hole. I loved Old Bob. Old Bob was a great uh, robot. I loved Old Bob. Vincent was great too, but Old Bob was cuter. This, this is what, yeah, Vincent was awesome too. This is one of these, these things where I understand why my mother was concerned about me yeah. when I was a kid. Because I love this movie. No matter how many times Maximilian gave me nightmares, I would sneak, whatever the black hole was on TV, I would have to watch this movie. I loved this movie. I loved the black hole. And it wasn't just black hole. I loved all the creepy dark things. The dark crystal, labyrinth, the never-ending story, the secret of Nim, like any creepy thing that came out in the 80s. As I was all over that. Well, this uh, this came up this week because on Facebook somebody put up a picture of the, in the old days there was a thing that Disney Disney would put out a small storybook that yeah. came with a forty five record and you'd play the forty five record yeah. and it would you would read the book along yeah. with the narrator and there would be a sound effect when to change the page That's and they I did one for read. the black hole. Now the yeah, black I hole. Had, I think I had that book. Pro maybe the black hole. Uh, featured an evil robot named Maximilian who had whirling blades that came out of his chest yep. that he cut people to shreds with. Yeah. Um, laser lobotomies and an ending that was way talk about creepy. There, there's oh, a yeah. final shot in the black hole that with with the uh, the evil guy's eyes inside the road. It was yeah. totally like it stayed with you when you left the theater. Yeah, How they made they... that a book for kids, I have yeah. no idea. Apparently, they didn't have an ending. 
to that movie because it had been shopped around so many times and I kind of threw that together because it had been it, it was one of those things that had been in development hell and they shopped it around and they shopped it around and I don't remember if it was Star Wars or something else but they're like all right put it up at because obviously Bob and Vincent very much like R2-D2 yeah well it, it I mean it was Star Wars that it was Star Wars. Okay. A lot that got a lot of sci-fi movies greenlit yeah. that were rushed into production. But anyway, I just saw this. I'm like, wow, there was a time when Disney made books for children that featured a movie that was not for children. That was this is I'm, an interesting point. Yeah. Somehow kids read that book and then probably went to watch the movie itself, like you. Somehow they survived. We didn't have to hide hide things from kids and pretend well, okay. that they weren't capable of mental resilience. We had Transformers the movie. Okay, I didn't see, but, but you've described to me that oh. in the end they all die, and, and that that's why it's so weird. I mean, I said earlier the the eighties were a rough decade, and it, it we're getting a bit of that now with what the heck do they call the new below Gen Z. Um, generation alphas. Oh, I don't know. They run. Like uh, sure, they're going back to A because they run at that. They ended. Well, yeah. Z. The the uh, we've got a return of apathy, but it's performative apathy. I mean, well, it's narcissistic apathy as opposed to the Gen X apathy, where we actually did care. We just acted like we didn't because there was nothing we could do about any of it. Well, um, nothing we could do about the fact that we only have so much time for this show. Yes, that's true. Um, Leanna can be heard on It's Not Therapy, a fantastic podcast uh, available on all working. podcast platforms, or should be. <laughs> so hopefully, no. Soon. Please go to Podbean because it's not working anywhere else. You can you can find it on the Saga Nine Sixties version, but the extended stuff, the extra content I do, it's not working. Remember one of those things I said: people are gonna screw you over and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, that happened with the It's Not Therapy podcast. That one's a bit fresh. Yeah, uh, but go go to Podbean and you'll find it there. Uh, and that's it. I'm on the All Night Show on 94.9 The Rock in Toronto, midnight to 5 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday. Uh, go to The Rock app and you can find it there. And that's it. Uh, Leanna, we got to go, so do your thing. Bye-bye. <laughs>